Welcome to the Intern Whisperer Live, the show all about the future of work. Remind the listeners you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through Intern Pursuit's Facebook live chat. So, coming up on this episode of the Intern Whisperer is the intersection of education, innovation, and work. And if you're looking for internships, be sure to sign up with Intern Pursuit at internpursuit.tech. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And you can also find our game at internpursuit.games. And you will find that on Facebook and Twitter. And you can listen to us live on Valencia College Radio. Follow Intern Whisperer. Uh, you can also look for our Intern Pursuit on Facebook. And can, again, listen to us live on the air, 407-582-2906. And can also chat with us online through Intern Pursuit's Facebook Live chat. Hopefully we'll see somebody do that. Orlando Doves is a, sm- is a nonprofit organization made of a company, a community of software developers in Orlando. Whether you love writing code or just getting started, you're welcome to check out Orlando Doves Meetup to connect with software and IT professionals. Their website is www.orlandodevs.com. Thank you, Orlando Devs, for being a patron of the Intern Whisper. Intern Pursuit News. Students, do you want to work with one of our great employers or with Intern Pursuit? Go to internpursuit.tech to sign up for your free profile. Employers of all types and sizes are invited to be a part of our early adopter beta program and take advantage of special pricings by December 31st, 2019. Contact us at info at tech for more information. Want to play our game? Go to internpursuit.games to check it out. All right. So on tonight's Wild Card Show, we are talking about the future of work, the intersection of education, innovation, and work. So today, ladies, I was over at Valencia College West Campus. They had this big summit. They brought together Seminole State College. They brought together Orange County Public Schools, Osceola, and Seminole County Public Schools, like, you know, secondary when you were in high school. Um, They had Valencia College there, and they also had UCF, and we were all sitting at the table together. Career Source was there from the government sector, and then they had business partners. So I was really thrilled to be a part of that conversation. Um, Some of the interesting things that came out of it is they really wanted to focus on six keys of comprehensive local needs assessment. It was called CLNA, and how it fuels the future of work. Those six keys, and I'm going to ask you some questions so you guys are going to be able to contribute to this conversation. Um, The labor market alignment. How is it that me, as a business owner and other business owners, how are we aligning with school partners to help make sure that we, the business side, are preparing students for coming into the workforce? There's also the size, the scope, and the quality of the education side of it but also what's going on in the business side. So, you know, there's a number of different demographics. We looked at women in the workplace that are in STEM versus men, and it was really high for women in nursing, but it was really low for women going into STEM. And that's even considered like graphic design. 
which is STEM because you're working with things that are online. SCOPE is uh, looking at the various type of professions that they had, and they had all kinds of numbers. It was very, very interesting. Programmers, engineering, um, mechanical engineering, just think of all of those things that do fall into STEM, which is also healthcare and simulation, fun stuff. Student performance, how are you guys doing in school? You know, so you want to look at that. And then the faculty and the staff, the strength of them, um, how many credentials do they have? Uh, what, is the, what is it that they're actually bringing into the classroom? Uh, equity access. And so what, by that they meant making sure that all students had access to the school because sometimes you didn't have um, enough technology in the home. You know, maybe did the school offer the technology? We were talking about this because Hernando actually has to go check out equipment. It became part of the cost that he got. But there were some problems. What they said is that, well, what if you needed to go and get a license, um, some type of specialized license in your field? Like you wanted to join a professional association, mm -hmm. not the club at school, but a professional one to give yourself another credential on there. Cost could be prohibitive for you because you're a student. So how can they give some type of a, a, an ability to provide more access to things that are not part of the traditional student experience? And then progress implementation. How are you moving along the lines? Because some people, um, they don't complete school. And there was the, also the place of uh, life happens. Uh, some people are single parents. They become single parents, so going to school is hard. They lose funding. They have to work multiple jobs. You know, there's a lot of reasons. So how are we keeping our students engaged in the work uh, in school so that they can move into that place of STEM? Most of it was all about STEM. But then the conversation is looking at 2030. You know, that's like right around the corner, right? Mm. Yeah. So 10 years out, and are you guys thinking of what that looks like? Most of what the discussion was, um, well, you're prepared for now. But are you prepared for 10 years out from now? We, we didn't know 10 years ago like where we would be right now. So how do we see what does that future look like in the marketing industry and in communication since you guys have interest in that? So we're going to talk about that. So what do you think that business world will look like and how you would be an employee in the workplace? What do you guys think? Uh, let me give you a hint, too. Think remote working. I think a lot of more people are going to be working from home. Yeah. And I think technology is going to be more used, mm -hmm. way more than it is now, which I know to some viewers and even myself, it's not, you know, we don't think that we can get more technology, but we definitely oh, yeah. will be. Because I feel like we use a lot as it is already, but I know it's just going to be growing more and more. And that's kind of scary to think about, but... It is the future, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Sydney? The question is, what do we think the future of our your desired professions or your will profession. be? Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, I'm going to say that because I want to work in entertainment, I feel like 10 years from now, I think that more celebrities will begin... How do I want to say? Like, you know how Ellen pretty much started out as not... She was stand-up comic. She was a stand-up comic. And I feel like more celebrities will begin putting on their own shows like that as well, like being more more out there in the world. Because now, 
or even back then it used to be, or these, this celebrity is so like to themselves, you don't know anything about them. But I feel like now, even with, I don't know if you know Adrian Holton, she is a talk show host on The Real. Mm-hmm. And she took it upon herself to create her own YouTube channel of all things with Ken, which is a network for YouTube shows and created her own like sub show. So I think more celebrities will take their own. How should I say? Like they're going to create their own areas for yeah, they build for them on to their expose. own brand. Exactly. Yeah. Building more on their own brand, not just having the clothing lines or the perfume lines, but maybe having their own talk shows or maybe, you know, having their own schools or things like that. So they're not waiting around. I think most people aren't waiting around for the opportunity to find them. They're creating it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's really interesting that you say that because we've seen that podcasts are really growing mm-hmm. in popularity, but we also look at all of the social channels. And so I, I don't think that it changes much. We used to watch all of our shows on TV. Well, before right. that, it was radio. Mm-hmm. And there were commercials. Then we moved into TV, and there were commercials. Now we are in social channels, mm-hmm. and there's commercials. And even in podcasts, there's commercials. So there's this place of being able to make money. It still cha- stays the same. Um, but we're also meant for relationships. We're built as people, as humans, yeah. for real relationships and that connection. That's why we're in the studio right now. But you could do a podcast from your home. We know that's easy, right? Because you can buy a, a mic for like right. 200 600 bucks. And run a whole show from your home. So you have to think about it. Would we still be coming together into the studio like this? Would it be like how we've had our guests appear online? What would that actually look like? We can have them either call in on the phone. They can be by Skype. It makes that world smaller. But there's also going to be a lot of congestion out there. Because now everybody becomes a YouTuber or a podcaster or whatever, having their own show on, you know, uh, whether it's YouTube or Facebook. So how do you cut through that noise? And that's where I think that's going to be the challenge 10 years from now. It could also be the, uh, the big apocalypse. So if that happens and everybody goes off the grid for whatever reason, we're hmm. all back to print and more than likely radio if, if something were big like that to happen and we have to start all over again. Mm. Those are the things that I, I sit and I think about. I, I can see it moving into a very futuristic type of uh, opportunity where maybe we're not listening like we, we do through our devices. Um, it's not necessarily uh, just a handheld device. They get implanted into us. We were discussing that earlier where it could be part of what you're listening to is an earbud, maybe the earbuds that looks like that, but it's really becoming in a part of our body. Mm. Something that's interesting, it's a little off topic, but it's still relevant is when I was going to the airport, you guys know when you go to the airport and you want to you, you want to go to the front of the line, you don't want to do the TSA thing and wait in the lines and take all the clothes off to go through the scanner. So they invited me to come up to the front, and they took my fingerprints, they took my thumbprints, they did a scan of my eye, my retinas, and then at the end, welcome to clear. And I got to move to the whole front of the line instead of the 150 people that were in line. Hmm. So... They will make it so that, you know, taking your identity is right through your, your fingerprints or scanning your iris, you know, and it's going to, it's coming. So they already track us, we know, on our phone, and they can also do these things. I think that's the future, is it's going to be in things that you hadn't even thought about, of how people are engaging with each other. And it's, um, 
It can be frightening for some people. It can also be very exciting, depending on what it is. So I'm going to challenge you to keep thinking, like, uh, go to those sci-fi movies and look at how they're communicating in the sci-fi music. and uh, Music's not music, sorry. Um, in the shows. And that'll help you to get an idea of what it might look like. Because sci-fi's are really, they're predicting what it's going to look like mm -hmm. 10 years out. And it seems to come to reality. So what does it look like in your area of study? And what I meant by that is uh, you want to do communications and PR, and you want to be in entertainment. How do you think entertainment will change? Do you think it's going to be that we continue to watch through our phones? Because they've played with uh, being able to look at it through Google Glass mm -hmm. glasses, and you're just watching it constantly in front of your eyes. I think it's still going to be on your phone. Still phone Still TV. I don't think cable is anywhere close to being, you know, not they in use. They have to be competitive if they want to yes, be out there still. Yes, they do. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Miranda? I don't think TV is going to go away, and I don't think phones are going to go away. Because they have these devices where you can not use your phone to watch stuff, but mm -hmm. I don't see anyone using it. So they either have to make their product look more appealing than a cell phone to make that happen or it's just not going to happen what is the i i don't understand what does it look like if it's not a cell phone what i feel people i've seen people make glasses oh yeah google glass yeah, yeah and i don't see a lot of people actually using those mm. and so either they need to change their marketing plan or people are just not comfortable with that because i know i'm not the only one who would rather it not get all big brothers watching you. Mm -hmm. And I know some people don't mind that. I haven't met a lot of those people, but mm -hmm. I don't, I think people are not wanting it to happen, but then there's that side that doesn't want it to happen. So it's a really weird catch 22 as far as what the future is going to be. But I do think it's going to be more technology. I just know that people aren't going to be happy about it. Is what mm. I'm trying to say. Yeah. So when we're talking about work, we we discussed that it would be more remote. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd be able to work from home. Um, a lot of jobs you have to go in, obviously, like a hospital. Mm -hmm. you know, how mm -hmm. would you treat patients? You want to keep them quarantined in one area. It can also be for entertainment, like Disney, any of the Universal. You're going to congregate in places where it, it will be different. And I've seen um, in entertainment, I'm going to use that as the example, they've been able to create a lot of innovative ways to avoid having people wait in lines, right? Mm -hmm. So they've yes. come up with, can, you can get a quick pass, you can pay mm -hmm. extra for that, you can move to the front of the line. But those are interesting ways of being able to solve problems. So think like that when you're going into your first job out there. It's like you came in here to solve a problem, and you'll see something in the workplace. How can you solve that problem? But it's really about making money. So how do you make sure that your problem solver solution, the solution is actually going to produce money for wherever you're working? So that's key. Um, looking over here, before you graduate, obviously an internship is one way of being able to close some of those skill gaps. What else do you guys, what do you think are some options? Because we threw tons of ideas around the room. So what could be done other than an internship to make sure you're ready for your job before you go out there? Shadowing someone mm -hmm. in your field is a good one. 
Mm-hmm. That way you know what to expect and you you know what you're really asking for when you say you want a certain job. Mm-hmm. You can see the ins and out of it before you commit to something. And worst case scenario, you're like, I did not know this was a part of it. Mm-hmm. But if you do your research and actually can be hands-on with something in your desired field, that mm-hmm. would be great. Mm-hmm. What about you, Miranda? you have any ideas? Those were a couple of mine, but to piggyback on research, um, YouTube is definitely a thing. And I can look up on YouTube working at blank, and there would be a million videos on it. Mm-hmm. Or working as a blank, there would be so many videos. Watch those videos, get their perspective, but also watch other ones too. Because mm-hmm. one person's opinion is not everyone's opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, going on Indeed, I always look at a company's reviews. Mm-hmm of people's experiences i didn't take a job because i was looking at the reviews and they weren't the best Mm -hmm. so i declined the offer because i just saw one too many oh that's interesting yeah so something else that we had talked about is doing um employers coming in and visiting more on the campuses and either running um the business from work kind of like what we do on tuesdays here where i come to the campus instead of you guys coming in Uh, We also talked about having um, courses taught in the actual workplace instead of having them done on campus. We talked about the value of having a mentor program at all of the schools so that you, if you're looking to have not necessarily just that work experience, but, you know, being able to discuss questions that you may have about a particular industry or potentially what they do in that job as the entry level, having that access to a mentor was really helpful. And then we also talked about um, there's other online programs that you can do, not just on YouTube, but there's other online classes that you can take that will you can actually engage with somebody that is uh, there to help answer questions. Uh, they do live Q&As. Um, so if it was tied to a class, that would help close skill gaps because that's what you know we're talking about is closing those skill gaps. Um, the it's interesting that you say research because that came up over and over and over again in our meetings is really making sure that students know how to do um, work research which is not the same as just your personal type of research and understanding how there's a difference between those so you can really find the not the first impression but really the deep type of knowledge more like journalism type Mm -hmm. research that was a part of it. So there were a lot of suggestions. Oh, and um, having dinners and lunches with employers where, you know, you come on the campus and you can sit down. And it's more of an informal setting. Um, one of the guys, you remember Justin Wynn that was here? Mm-hmm. Um, he had talked about having ice cream, sitting down and having ice cream. And it made it so that it was more of a relaxed environment instead of, like, maybe being served you know chicken or a hamburger and it gets messy and then you're like self-conscious um having ice cream just seemed way more casual and friendly so we we threw a lot of ideas and those are just like the tip of the iceberg it was a half a day for sure so um it's always interesting to get multiple perspectives of how you can make sure you're closing those skill gaps um so we make choices every day that determine our future. We make choices to show up. We make choices to not show up. We'll make choices, and by that I just mean, you know, it's like you're not present even in the space. Like, I've, I know that I've been guilty of something like that where I can, like, check out. Mm-hmm. One of the things we were doing before is, like, I'll doodle 
on paper because it helps me to calm my mind down and I really focus on what's being uh, said around me in meetings. But when you're making these choices, what would you do differently to be prepared 10 years out? Because there's a ton of things we talked about in the room. I'm just interested in what you guys, what would you do as you're preparing for that future job? I would ask for more mentors. Because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> in workplaces or anywhere in life, the worst answer you're ever going to get is no in my opinion. So for example, I want to shadow somebody in a creative realm at my work. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I could do, which I've already kind of gone the path of that, is getting the contact information to ask to get a mentor Mm -hmm. and to just shadow. Not necessarily an internship with that mm-hmm. and not no, necessarily a job with that just a shadow for a day not even a day just that person's shift mm-hmm. or wherever their schedule is just so it gives you a glimpse of what exactly. they do is what, really what you're talking about yeah and yeah. i think anywhere i feel like they're going to be impressed if you just show that interest i did something like that similarly because at one time i thought you know what I'd like to have a food truck. And so I worked on a food truck for a day, and I went, I do not want to work on a food truck, nor do I want to do this kind of a business. Because I really realized what I like to do was cook and bake for my friends and family. I didn't want to do it as a profession. Mm -hmm. So I think that that one day can be the thing that makes you go, nope, don't want to do that. That's kind of like there was one day I just on a whim decided to call florist the week before Valentine's Day and ask oh, if they rough. needed extra help. Mm-hmm. And because I just thought working in a florist would be fun. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I chose the most hectic day to ask if they need help. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and... They said yes? Yeah. Holy cow. I was going to deliver flowers <laughs> for them and everything. And I got there and they said, we don't need you to deliver flowers. We're going to have you here. And I've never done any floral arrangements Other than when I was an activities assistant at Mm -hmm. an elderly home. That's when I did that. But nothing professional is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. And let alone knowing the prices. No one told me the prices of the floral arrangements. No one told me how to even use the cash register there. Their POS system. So I was a sitting duck. I had no idea what to do. Mm. And I got out of it. And I know that now I don't want to work in a florist. Yeah. And that. It's very stressful. It's not for me. Yeah. Hmm. I have that same answer. I think to prepare for work, I could do some shadowing and going to, let's say, a show recording or going to, it's like how we have our podcast and we're sitting in on another one and asking them or asking the person who I'm shadowing the toughest parts of their jobs because I feel like I always want to be the most prepared that I can. So if I can be told the things that aren't the most cool, that aren't the things people post on their Instagram to seem like, oh, I have the best job, I want to know that, know those things so I can know what to expect and how to prepare myself and to learn what to do in those situations. Um, So that's shadowing. And like you said, the worst thing somebody can say to you is no or 
don't respond. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone will feel good about themselves, like, wow, somebody wants to sit in yeah. on my job, and I'm going to teach them all I know because they're looking for someone else to help. And I think a lot of people, when they get on, quote, unquote, yeah. and they get their dream job, they want to pull somebody up with them. Yeah, you definitely yeah. be surprised at people's answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'll be doing. I'll be looking like I already watch and know the people I'm the most interested in. Mm -hmm. So maybe that'll be my little faith task to send that message Mm -hmm. and see what they say. Yep. And if you want to see the, again, the future of what that is, look for companies that are very progressive and offer a lot of innovation. Just like Miranda was saying too, those reviews are going to be really key. Um, If they talk about that company as being one that's very dynamic, where they uh, allow people to be cross-trained, there's opportunity for, you know, growth within the company, Mm -hmm. that's really appealing because it's not always about how much a person gets paid. We were talking about that also as many times students will go, oh, well, I'm going to choose this because it pays a lot. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you're going to like it. And so you're not necessarily choosing a career path, and that's really what we're talking about is a career path, not just a job. A job is showing up. A career path is something that's for your life. And I think I've shared with you guys, I was a teacher, but then I moved into consulting, and Mm -hmm. the thing that's been consistent for me is that I teach people. Mm -hmm. So that is the one thing that I'm super, super, not just the one thing, but one thing that I'm very, very passionate about, and it, it always is um, seen throughout everything that I, I do. This is what I've been told. So I believe that to be the, the truth. So if you know what it is that your strengths are and you uh, are really clear that you go, no, I don't want to do that, you're mm-hmm. going to make really good decisions. And that will help you also take whatever it is that you love doing and you'll be able to make money on that. And the money comes because it's mm-hmm. really your passion mm-hmm and your um, work ethic that makes that stuff happen. So what changes would you make in education to keep up with technology and the ever-changing workplace? Because how students go to school in Scandinavian countries is very different from here. And you guys have probably read that in Asian cultures, they're in school for like 8, you know, 10, 12 hours, um, you know, long hours that they're in there. Um, Scandinavian schools are more uh, open. They go outside of the building. They meet outside. They'll do things at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very collaborative. It's uh, about problem solving and critical thinking. Those two particular demographics are pretty high up there, and they do well academically, and they are also innovators. So what do you think we need to do differently in this country? Well, I can say one thing that I like that I do in my classes that I know is being done in the entertainment world is the collaboration. Mm-hmm. Like I'm taking a intro to entertainment industry class right now. And I know that if I'm working for a company that is like, let's say a BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. all the videos that we really like the most and that stream the most have multiple people that put it together. Mm-hmm. Script writers, producers, people who did the research, people who contacted the promotion, because a lot of, you know, things are ads in videos, but they're so seamless you kind of don't know. So I like the fact that we have a project right now where we have to come up with a event, and each person has their own 
you know, thing to take over and present to the class the responsibility. So I'm not against, like, some people are like, oh, I hate group work. I know that I'm going to have a lot of group work. And I think group work in your work field is the best. Mm -hmm. I think it takes less pressure off one person. You have uh, multiple minds instead of one. So I like that we are able to work in groups. And he's also letting us use any form of presentation. Because mm -hmm. I think the, gone are the days where you only can do a PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. So he let us do video and things like that. So I think that class, that one in particular, is keeping up do with the times. Do they do anything that's like live? Has anybody ever done just live instead of like live on the air where you, you're actually filming while you're in the classroom doing the presentation? I think that would be interesting. Hmm, I've never seen. I would, I would go for that. So it's like live in the studio, Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Hmm. Interesting. I think that those, because they're super high in that creative factor, mm -hmm. are really interesting for students, uh, for anybody, and they get highly engaged. I think, how do you do that in um, bookkeeping? So that's where it becomes a different kind of dynamic, and I'm giving you that as a challenge to think about. Fun stuff like videos or um, Anything where you're creating, like coloring and using art in your hands, it's very immersive, right? Mm -hmm. um, accounting is a totally different type of personality and different type of tasks that are being done. Different how it's approached is different. It's more singular than it is group. Mm -hmm. How would you make something like that a, a group opportunity? I know you weren't expecting that yeah. question. This is where I go ghost at this point. No, I'm like... <laughs> I know some businesses do seminars, mm -hmm. and I know some businesses do web seminars. Mm -hmm. I've seen ones that are just one-on-one, -on -one, and I've mm -hmm. seen some that are in groups. And I think it would be helpful for seminars to be, I don't know, maybe an hour in the workday at the most. They've actually done uh, research that shows that 20 minutes – like, that's how long the attention span is now, yeah. is making micro-learning instead of the whole hour yeah. long. Mm -hmm. So micro-learning is super popular. Yeah. Um, case studies, mm -hmm. those uh, when you put something together with accounting or any type of a business problem, sitting down and being given uh, a problem and now come up with a solution, yeah. that's a different approach because it's way more cerebral than it is yeah. um, hands-on. Yeah, we did that at my old job. We would have, because I worked in education, mm -hmm. so what we would do is every few months or so, or probably longer than that, we would have a shift in the weekend mm -hmm. called, like I forget the actual name, but it was basically team building. Okay. And they would give us a STEM problem because it was with science and everything. And we would have to problem solve and have to try to make a lesson with that that we could use with our group. And then we would have to take that and then try to put it in a lesson plan geared toward first grade, second grade, mm. and third through fifth grade, and et cetera. And it's off topic, but I know you mentioned the doodling earlier. Mm -hmm. And um, in middle school, I was an eighth grade mentor for mm -hmm. sixth graders. And what we had to do to prepare mentors was basically problem solving and everything. And the instructor, she was one of the guidance counselors, and she actually had parchment paper all over the tables and crayons in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then she said, those are open to doodling. 
if I'm teaching mm. and I see you guys doodling, I know that you guys are listening because mm-hmm. there are some people who need to do that. The kinetic, yeah. Yeah, and she said if you see any kids doing that, they're Don't not worry. being rude. They're just doing that. They're focusing. So mm. it was cool that she gave us the option to do something while yeah. being It's there. a little fidgeting, so it helps yeah. quiet you know, the internal side of this. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that those sound very, like very progressive ways. That was a, a wonderful opportunity that you had mm-hmm. there. Yeah. <laughs> so anything that we can do, um, what if you were outside of the building? Instead of all of your business classes, um, and I'm going to make an assumption that some of the classes that you take will be more business-oriented. I always think that everybody should take should take an accounting, a finance, a management class, um, analytics, statistics, any of those things. Because when you take at least one, you're able to be more conversational, mm-hmm. and it also helps for progressive growth upward because you might become that director. You might become that person that has to put a budget together, that needs to understand the, the reports that you're going to give to the head of the company. And that's why I find that to be super valuable. Um, so getting out of the classroom, what about going to professional associations? Have you guys ever done that? Like, not the clubs on the campus. Mm-hmm. People that are working people and look for those organizations that are there. That was another suggestion, too. Yeah. Is get out of the building, get away from school, go and work. Um, meetups, event, anything that's like on Eventbrite and meetups, great way to meet other people that are in the workplace mm-hmm. and potentially pick up a mentor or just somebody that you know. It doesn't everybody doesn't have to be a mentor. So, Miranda, why don't we take a break right here? Okay. Starter Studio is a pioneering hub for innovative and tech-enabled entrepreneurs that empowers and provides resources for entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators to begin, grow, and flourish in Central Florida. They often they offer open community educational programmer, programs, accelerators, funding, and collaborative workspaces. Starter Studio fosters a community serving as a platform for the ideas of the future. Their website is starterstudio.org. Thank you, Starter Studio, for being a patron of Intern Pursuit. Intern Whisper Alive. All right. So we're switching gears. It's not about what happened over at Valencia Campus. We're talking about the future work. And so in the last 24 hours, I was looking for some statistics to see what do other people, people in HR, what are they saying that it's going to look like? And only 9% of the uh, chief human resource officers agree that an organization is prepared for the future of work. What do you guys think about that? 9%. I probably agree with that. I would agree. Yeah, totally. And the reason why I would agree is because people are messy. We take time. And it's always one of those things that ugh, when you're having to work with somebody, you can't necessarily be proactive. You're having to spend that time with the person right there. So they were saying that there's five areas that we need to focus work on. So the first one is developing an AI ethics strategy. I found that really interesting also because there's so much data that we collect. Think about how much people know about you. I know when I purchase one product on um, on the web, all of a sudden it's starting to pop up in my Facebook and my LinkedIn. It, there's all of these ads, and I'm going, 
delete, remove. I don't want to keep seeing those pop up. Mm -hmm. I already like the product. I don't need to have it keep showing up in my feed. That's what they're really talking about, an ethics strategy, and how people, businesses, are handling that information. How do you guys feel about all of that? Every decision you make on the web Mm -hmm. is really um, tracking what you're doing. Um, Every decision, everything you do on your phone is tracking. People can find you no matter what, so it doesn't really matter. Even when you have, um, I read this, it was interesting also. I use that word interesting a lot. I'm going to change. I'm going to make fascinating a new word. Um, So there's this place where the phone was not turned on, and even though it had not, it was a new phone, had not been turned on, they were able to track that person. The pings were going off of the satellites, and they were able to find exactly where that person was. To me, it doesn't matter. Even if your phone is turned on, they know what we're doing, and they can find us. So there is Big Brother. It's already watching us. And if you look around the room, there's tons of cameras, not just in the studio, but on just about every corner you go to, and they do see us. That isn't necessarily related directly to the career path but in the future work, but yet it is mm-hmm. because we're able to track people all the time and be able to tell what they are doing. And all of those things that you are doing, if you're trying to falsify a timesheet, they know. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're trying, because when you log in, they're tracking keystrokes, they're tracking, um, they actually can track what it is, our engagement on there. When we walk away, how long is it idle? Um, Somebody was explaining to me that they had this with a programmer where the uh, platform, GitLab and GitHub, when my programmers log in, I can see their peak performance when they're actually coding and they're doing Mm -hmm. things. I can see when they walk away. They can tell me they're working on something, and I can tell, no, they're not, because they're not logged into it. And so these are the things that are coming in that place of data. And how do you feel about having an ethics strategy devised around collecting that kind of information? Because that can be used to hire and to fire you. I think it will make people more honest. You think? (laughs) I would think so, because you can't really lie if a computer is saying otherwise. We saw it in the elections, you know, four years ago when President yeah. Trump and also Hillary, they were saying, no, I didn't do this, and yet they were keeping all of their conversations yeah. offline. That stuff does catch up with us. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the future it will make people more honest, but right now definitely people need some work with that. And mm-hmm. you can't blame technology forever because it's just going to get smarter. That's your work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That boils down to it's your work ethic. And if you realize that people are keeping track of what it is that's going on, because when you come into the workplace, if I give you my equipment, Mm -hmm. that's my equipment, and I have every right to be able to know what you're doing with my equipment. I've worked in places where when um, they didn't let us have access to the Wi-Fi, so we, we were not allowed to have, you know, look on any social media, obviously. But it was a law firm. It also made it very hard to do our jobs. Hmm. Some places don't allow you to take your phone to work, right? You're not supposed to have your phone there. You have to turn it in. or And there are places that do that. And it will depend, you know, like high-security places normally. So these are part of what we have to think about because you can contact somebody at work. There is a work number. It is not your cell, but it is a work number. If it was an emergency, somebody said, no, I have to stay connected to my kids. There's an office number. 
You know, if it's an emergency, they can call here. That's what we used to do before we had cell phones. So this increasing focus on the talent analytics is something that's um, really being looked at and scrutinizing carefully because it does impact the hiring and the firing and decisions for promotions and mm -hmm. all kinds of things. So it's, it is an ethical issue. So the second one was rethinking how employees develop skills. And I had mentioned um, this place of like micro-learning. Instead of people don't have the attention span. Like anybody, adult learners, it used to be 45 minutes. You could keep somebody engaged for 45 minutes. It's really hard now. So they've looked at micro-learning where it's five minutes and it's just 20 minutes because that seems to be the attention span. People will look at it and they'll go, oh, forget it turn it face down because they don't want to look at it anymore. But it has to be tied to jobs. So over here, uh, Gartner was the, the company. 73% of the uh, chief human resource officers say building critical skills and competencies is a top priority because your ability to think critically and to solve problems is huge. That's how we differentiate ourselves from the automations and the chatbots and everything else that's out there that those will continue to increase. They're looking at having autonomous um, garbage trucks that don't have to have people there driving anymore. They mm. just go down the street, they pick up, dump it in there, and then it just continues to go down. What I was thinking of, well, part of why you need a person is to make sure there's nothing alive in that trash. Right. You know. So how do you account for some of these things? There's always a consequence that will come with um, making an automation, but the critical thinking, the creativity, the problem solving, the things, the communication skills, those are huge, and that's how we begin to differentiate, and that's really where the focus has been. How do we teach those to people? Because the remedial task I can teach you. I can teach you, yes, you need to go and contact this uh, client. You need to send email one out, email two, e contact them on third attempt, and then the follow-up email, right? But I can automate that, and then it takes that position out. I may not need to have three people in the room. I could do it with just one person in the room and maybe one doing things um, distance. So you got to think about how we're developing those skills because part of it as the internship is being able to um, learn how to communicate, learn how to do research, learn how to handle multiple things that are going on in your life, work, personal life, school, study. All of those take time. Um, it said on-the-job training is the primary method being used to develop employees' digital skills. However, 47% of the on-the-job learning opportunities are at risk of being automated and eliminated by AI. Have you guys ever seen that video on, I think it was on YouTube, maybe? Yeah, YouTube, where um, Google was answering the phone? Yes, and it sounded like a real person. And yeah. no matter what the live person was saying, the automation, the robot was picking it up right away. And it's, well, it looks like there's an opening over here on the 10th. Would you like that one instead? You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, the Google. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that, Miranda? Mm -hmm. You'll have to Google that one. You know what? I'll find the link and I'll send it to you because I just find it fascinating. Because, it, honest to goodness, it sounded like a real person, right? It is. Yeah. I've heard of that technology, but not that commercial. 
No, it was a presentation that Google did. It wasn't a commercial. It was like... I didn't see it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Anyway, (coughs) so there's this place where what if we didn't need to be in the studio at all with a person? What if we could just um, record the show through our phone instead of doing all of this? I actually can. Podbean allows me to do the show even with my phone. I don't need to go and buy a microphone. I can actually do live stream my show straight from the phone. So it takes away some of that need for equipment. It takes away some of the need for having to learn how to run the boards over here and do all of that. I can actually hit broadcast, and my, my show is going out there. And I can connect it up to live live Facebook. So mm. I may not need to have anybody else with me in the studio because I can do that. Those are the things that we're talking about. That's like half, 47% of the job learning opportunities are going to be going away. So I think what I'm trying to do is to make sure that you all and our listeners are thinking about what does that future look like? Because if you look at all of the things that can be automated, what is it that you're going to do in the job? And that means you've got to solve problems. You're going to have to think very creatively and solve problems. For other people, for your clients, right? Mm-hmm. So the third one, building an internal transparency strategy. Um, I found this one really interesting also because it said for candidates, this is a good thing. Gartner Research found that nearly 60% of the candidates feel like they are well-informed about the company they're going to apply to before they apply. I think that the reviews that you mentioned earlier, Miranda, yeah. are huge. They are because... Again, I said no to a job because of it. Mm-hmm. And I, before I apply somewhere, I always just see because I don't want to get myself into something that I don't want to be in. But what do you think if, if that was a bunch of people that said, you know what, we don't like this place. We're just going to go and put a bunch of uh, false reviews up. Do yeah. you think about that? I look at keywords. If it's something that says, oh, we do all, like, it's a lot of work. Well, that's kind of what you expect, depending on the job. Mm -hmm. So I don't really take account of that. I'll look at management more than I will, oh, I had to wake up early for this. Oh, I had to clean up the floor once. Like, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is seeing how the management is. Mm-hmm. seeing um, if there's room to grow. Mm-hmm. If people said there wasn't room to grow, that's when I'm immediately not into it. Mm-hmm. Or if the management doesn't listen or has poor communication, that's when I... So it's more keywords that I look at, not like workload itself complaining, just more or less the workplace in general, if that makes sense. What the actual culture is. Yeah. It sounds like you're telling me what the culture is. Sydney, what about you? What was the question again? I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. So what I was asking you about was how do you think that reviews play Mm -hmm. into making a decision? Mm. Right now, it's not just reviews, Mm -hmm. but what else do you look at when you're making a decision about working with an employer? That it's all about the transparency. Okay. What else do I look at when looking at? I would hope it'd be social feeds somewhat. Hmm. You know, that matters to a certain extent because if it's a smaller business, I won't be expecting, you know, 
Essence magazine numbers. Mm -hmm. So what I can look for is the potential for where this company that I want to work for can be mm -hmm. or will be. And I would see, like, do they even need my help? Mm -hmm. You know, like, looking at the position, like, how can I apply my skills so that I can see and they can see growth mm -hmm. and that it was a good choice to hire me? I would look at their reputation mm -hmm. with, like, just in the business we're in. Mm -hmm. Like you said, rep representation with other people that have worked there, but also people who are like their competition and people who are also in that field. Like what do they look like? Do they have a negative reputation in that field? Or it's better to work with somebody who looks good, who, who's like a high contender. Like you'd rather work with a Google because you know, Google has rose to fame because they also have a lot of negative press too. They do. Yeah. But are we ever going to stop using it? Well, are they ever going to stop giant, growing? Yeah. Mm, so, no. so there's this place on the social feed. One of the things that I look at is um, the type of content that goes out. Mm -hmm. I pay attention to that. And I also look for what is the message behind the, the content, too. I will look for the engagement. And you can give reviews on Facebook. Yelp is another platform that people can go. My, my Pivot Business Consulting, it has Yelp also. And people find me through Yelp. And it's not just for restaurants. It's actually to go and give ratings on businesses. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you guys have thought about Yelp, but it's it's definitely out there. I definitely have the Yelp app. <coughs> it's very vital. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, to meet employees' growing expectations for information transparency, when you're looking at what other people are saying about the company on social feeds and not just on reviews, but you can also talk to people in your community and find out what is it that people think? Um, employers must develop a strategy that goes a step further than the current culture might allow. So we really, as employers, need to be thinking proactively as to making sure that people know what it is like to work in here. I think that on websites, I always see uh, pictures of what people look like, mm -hmm. what their titles are. I think that's really a, a nice touch, especially when you can see a lot of the staff that is there. Sometimes you could have a company that's got a 1,000 people. There's no way you're going to be able to put that up there, right? So it's going to be like the key leadership, like right. you know, what we pay attention to. Um, I think that those are significant. So the overhauling, number four, is overhauling the role of managers for a new era. Many times a lot of companies will spend time getting the entry-level jobs ready, um, and it's really great. You do they will do wonderfully with onboarding you and getting you set up in the first 90 days for success. I've heard a lot of employers, and I'm not going to say names, but these are all companies that you guys know, where they'll say that the progression up, the management side of it, that's where it lacks. Um, because they don't feel like they're getting the training that they need to be good managers of other people. Because too much is given, much is required, we know, great responsibility. You know, it always comes with those types of... Um, adages that we've heard. So there's a place where um, peer learning methodology is becoming very, very popular in the workplace. And people don't necessarily want to go watch webinars. They want to be able to engage in real mm -hmm. time with people to be able to do that. So companies have started moving over to having like a once a, either once a week, once a month, it varies, 
but where they sit down as a company and they say, okay, Sydney, you're going to come and teach us about uh, Facebook today and tell us what you think that we should know as a business about Facebook. That's awesome. Then you have that responsibility to become that trainer and educate us inside of the company of what are the do's and don'ts of what we should say as employees on our social feed if we're tagging anybody in the company. So there's this place of... um, Obviously, being able to train people uh, inside of the company, that allows for some upward growth. There is a place of being able to use peer learning methodology all the way across the company. Those are really important ways of being able to have opportunities for managers to grow. The fifth one, and I know we're getting near to the end of our show, is this is timely, using AI to create access to jobs for those who have been left out in the labor market. So think of individuals that have disabilities, that are disadvantaged, that may not have the ability to go to school, or uh, just the opportunity because of factors that are beyond their control, right? Third world countries, It can be people that are here in our own backyard. Um, Gartner, again, the Gartner study said that 70% of chief human resource officers expect investments in AI to replace jobs in their organization within the next three years. So it's really going to be, I've read a lot of this. I don't know if you guys talk about this in school, but those jobs that you think you're going for in two years, they may be gone. Mm -hmm. So what is the job that you're going to go and do and you've got to be thinking of how that job is going to, to morph, and um, it will become obsolete. So that trash truck that I was telling you about, somebody doesn't have to drive the truck. So what happens to those people? You know, what happens to the um, – now we have droid, drones that can drop mm-hmm. things off. You True. may not have to have deliveries. But what I've seen, there's changes in the market is – We used to have cabs. All we had was cabs, right? Mm -hmm. But look, now there's Uber and Lyft. So people can create this opportunity for themselves to provide other transportation options that wasn't there before. And they they may have been an accountant. They may have been somebody that was a lawyer. I've actually talked to them when I write on those. I go, what did you used to do? Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this because I get to make my own hours. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the things that I would say is pay attention to do your research constantly and see what that job looks like that you're interested in now, but then Google it and say 10 years from now. So you can actually say, well, what are they saying? What are the predictions of what it's supposed to be like in entertainment and in media communications? So we're like at the end of our show here. Valencia College. As always, we love being on this campus. We love Q. We love everybody else that helps us get into this room because we don't have a key, so we're thankful for them. Um, Always a wonderful atmosphere to be here. Um, Shout out, Sydney. Shout out to everyone listening. Thank you for your support and your likes on our social media. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Miranda. Shout out to my friends and family. I love you. And if you're, wa- if you're watching or listening, hello. And thank you for supporting me. 
And my shout out goes to everybody that's been working with me for this semester. It's been uh, definitely a growth spurt. Um, I'm going to ask our listeners and also our our people that are following uh, us at all is to give us a review on our Podbean, either on podcasts or any of your social channels. We would love reviews on our show. Tell us what you think. Tell us how we can you know tweak it and make it more interesting. We want you to be happy with our show. So thank you for that and how you can contact us, info at internpursuit.tech. You can go to the website and uh, also find the phone number. And remember, you can find us, as Sydney said, on all of those great social channels. And you can listen to us live at Valencia College Radio or watch us live on Facebook. So as we close the show, we say thank you to our listeners and have a great evening.